Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm just delighted at you guys reaching out and giving me comments and some really good information about things that I talk about and giving your own experiences, so keep that up. When you private message me, that's just as well. Uh, If you put it on the actual um, Podbean app, that's fine, too. So I'm finding them, and I'm loving the conversations that we're having after the show, so thank you so much. Today, we are so excited to not just have me, though. I am very excited to have an awesome guest that I have just been acquainted with, and I can't wait to learn more about Dr. Scholar Lee, who is family-oriented and a spiritual genius. Born and raised in New Haven, Connecticut, Dr. Scholar Lee currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Scholar Lee demonstrates legendary tenacity and persistence as a genderless spirit being. Dr. Scholar Lee is an educator, thought leader, keynote speaker, creative, and spiritual genius, creator of the trademarked acronym T.R.A.N.S. Triumphant, Resilient, Authentic, Noble Success. Dr. Scholar Lee continues to triumph over life's obstacles, exercise resilience in the face of adversity, and is the epitome of an authentic, noble success. He is the founder of the nonprofit Trans Inc. and CEO of Trans Parent Life Conversations, an LGBT business enterprise with the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and an award-winning small business of 2022. Dr. Scholar Lee is the director of the transgender and non-binary documentary series Gendered, which is featured on the Gendered YouTube channel. You may visit that at www.genderedpodcast.com to listen and support gender-variant individuals. In addition, visit www.drscholarly.com to know more about Dr. Scholarly's services, upcoming podcast, and you can subscribe to at Dr. Scholarly on all popular social media platforms. Those links will be on the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Educationally, Dr. Scholar Lee has an impressive list of degrees. Check those out also on the Gay With God show page. Professionally, he has 15 plus years experience in the human service field, working with various underprivileged populations in various settings. Currently, Dr. Scholar Lee expresses his creativity in various forms and manages several businesses in various industries. Dr. Scholar Lee's purpose and mission is to passionately educate, enlighten, and empower people to evolve into a greater version of themselves. Moreover, Dr. Scholar Lee inspires his transgender and non-binary community to lead an authentic life and to accept their differences. 
He encourages his community to develop an inner standing of self and to overstand that their differences is what will make a difference in their life and in this world. In conclusion, Dr. Scholar Lee's personal, educational, and professional experiences has evolved him into a well-versed scholar, compassionate, thought leader, successful entrepreneur, eloquent communicator, and a maverick of his time. He encourages all to be great, be bold, always be you. Dr. Scholar Lee, I'm just amazed and awed. (laughs) at you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored. I'm so honored. Well, I appreciate that. And I I want us to just dive on in. Let's get started and tell us your story. Well, where do I start? Um, as you stated uh in my intro that I'm, you know, born and raised in New Haven, Connecticut. <clears throat> um, I was born assigned uh what society deems female. And so, yes, I am a person of, uh, a person of trans experience, as I like to say, because it wasn't an experience. (laughs) So, (laughs) nonetheless. um, So, yeah, so at the age of five, I would have dreams of being male um, Mm -hmm. and waking up to that not being my reality and having to go through the emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. of having to deal and process process my my truth so i was born uh, my mom and my parents were teen parents my dad was 19 and my mother was no my mother was 19 my dad was 18 so my grandparents paid pl- played a huge role in my upbringing mm-hmm. my father my paternal side was baptist and my maternal side was apostolic so I was baptized on both ends of the fence, <laughs> if you will. And so I was I was blessed. I was fortunate to learn of God. Um, but the interpretations and um, the relationships that people had developed with God um, had me traumatized religiously because I felt... I, what they, you know, uh, what is it, the stages of grief, mm-hmm. where they talk about anger, uh, depression, and bargaining, and, you know, uh, all that stuff mm-hmm. that leads to acceptance. That's pretty much what I went through. I was angry with God, because I'm like, why did you create me this way if you were going to condemn me? Mm. Why, you know, <laughs> because I knew who I was, I just naturally had an attraction towards women, you know, the same sex at that time, because I was, you know, identifying as female. And I just didn't have, it was something that just naturally was what I was drawn to. It's nothing I could help. Mm-hmm. I just naturally wanted to throw football and play basketball with the guys. I could care less how they felt about me on any emotional or intimate level, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't look at him like that. Mm-hmm. And I am the oldest sibling out of my father's six children. So I was, and, and all of my siblings are boys. So here I am, the oldest uh, female, if you will, like low key jealous of my, my siblings because they mm-hmm. get to wear the suits to church and they get to have this, you know, certain privileges to do certain things. And I'm here stuck in this body trying to navigate and continue my obedience. Okay. My obedient behavior that was 
you know, required from my parents and family and society in general. At the same time, you know, trying to navigate my truth. So it was, it was very, it was a lot, especially when you're thinking of a child having to go through that. And Mm -hmm. so fortunately, speed up a little bit. I joined the LGBT Greek organization when I turned 30. And I joined as a stud because that was, I I didn't even like the term lesbian. It was just too feminine for me. (laughs) So stud, (laughs) stud is what is how I identified. So when I joined the Greek org as a stud, um, a masculine femme or aggressive femme as a, you know, whatever names people want to give it, I was enlightened to the, one of the sub communities of the organization and they were uh, trans men. And I was like, wow. And I was enlightened because I went off fake book and I do mean fake book, great people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Tell it like it is, Dr. Scott. Yeah, I, I do mean fake book. And I go on there and I saw a before and after picture and I was blown. I was like, whoa. Okay. Because prior to that, I always felt a void. All my relationships that I was in, they were leaving me for men. I was triggered. My parents, I mean, my dad, he would tell me, oh, you know, the women that you like, they're going to leave you for men. So he done planted that seed in my mind. And it just, I was just triggered because Mm -hmm. an envy, I was, yeah, I was envious of men because I wanted to be a male. I wanted to be able to play basketball without a sports bra, you know, those were, (laughs) those were irritating. Yes, still are, still are, by the way. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to see Little Red Riding Hood every month. And Uh so it was just like, I was just, I was done with Twiddle D and Twiddle Dum on my chest. It was Mm -hmm. just too much. Mm -hmm. So I, I desired that. And I, so when I became enlightened to this uh, unique community population, I was like, this is me. This is where Mm. I belong. I Mm. now, that void that I felt was just like, there it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I became enlightened, it, it was no hesitation of me doing a research and of course, pursuing that, that journey. And I was at a point in my life because I was, yeah, I was 30 and I was okay if nobody wanted to support me in it. Mm -hmm. I was okay with being a a lone star, if you will, Mm -hmm. walking and experiencing this. I was okay if I had to walk away from my family. I was okay if the relationship, because I was engaged at that time to my daughter's mother. I was okay if uh, she didn't want to part, you know, support I was okay because I felt I was, um, I, I felt I serviced <laughs> or I was devoted to the labels and the limitate the, the limiting life mm-hmm. for so many decades, for mm-hmm. three decades, you know, that's more than a life sentence mm-hmm. out here, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I served more than a life sentence in this body, suppressing my truth, not living fully in it and having to deal with the consequences of it Mm -hmm. and so i was okay if nobody wants to support me but that wasn't the case they supported and kept on moving um my relationship ended up going astray because she initially supported but then when you start seeing physical changes right uh, reality starts to kick in so there you go and um but um 
besides that, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, where I'm gonna stop at. If you wanna have any questions, ask me. But <laughs> that's that's how I got you know led on my transition. Now I'm 37. Um, my daughter is seven years old. I did not birth her. You know, she was you know my my ex fiance did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been married. I'm currently experiencing a, a divorce, mm-hmm. and but. I reflect on my life and I am so privileged for my experiences because I could sit here fully embodied in my differences, knowing how much of a difference that I am predestined to make, mm-hmm. being able to sit here. And when I speak about when I redefine trans, because in society, trans is to be underprivileged. And I redefined it to mean triumphant, resilient, and an authentic, mm-hmm. noble success. So when you see me, that's what you see. You mm-hmm. see a triumphant individual who was resilient against adversity and who is an authentic, noble success. I live in my truth. I speak my truth. I am a servant of my truth. So when I give voice, I am delivering truth with the intent for you to not understand me, I don't want you to stand under my truth, but I want you to understand me. I want a heart-to-heart um, interaction, exchange, if you will. I want your heart to feel my experience, not stand under it. And I want you to understand the value and the worthiness of the experience and my purpose and to even sh- exchange an energy with you at this moment. So I don't regret not one thing. I don't regret not one decision. I don't regret anything because I could sit here with my scars and love it. Um, I don't hide them. I expose them because I'm not ashamed anymore. Um, And I realize that as I reflect on life, we go through these processes, right? Where you start off with it being ashamed and then you become aware and then you acknowledge and then it brings you to acceptance. It's the four A's. And we also have the ease of evolution that I love to talk about, which is energy, experience, education, elevation, enlightenment, empowerment, exploration, excellence, evolution Mm. where the energy in which we embody create an experience for us because as i look back the energy was always masculine i mean even with the sports bra and the (laughs) whatever's going on from afar people thought i was i i I was the he she Uh or i was the she him whatever (laughs) you know i was already being misgendered before i even knew of a transgender okay so It was just like, it, it was, you just couldn't deny the masculine energy that I embodied, that that just, I exude my aura. Because it so, was embodied. Yes. And it, it was just my energy. That was mm-hmm. just my energy was just masculine. Yeah. Uh, masculine oriented or centered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that energy that I have had created experiences for me. Mm-hmm. And it educated me in a way, not just about me, myself and I, as I use those pronouns, it educated me about people and their projections on me without even allowing themselves to get to know me. 
Right. You already place me in these boxes and you, and you crucify me to these labels and you give me limiting, limiting ways of being because you want me to obey you. I've been obeying ever since I came out the womb. I've been obeying my parents. I've been obeying my family, my elders. I've been obeying. I go to school and I have to obey. I go to church and I have to obey. Then I go into society and I have to obey. And the last thing anybody is uh, empowering me to do is speak or give voice to my truth. Because mm -hmm. in my obedience, I am rejecting and neglecting what is authentic. Mm -hmm. And now this has become habitual and second nature. So when I'm 18 and I have the opportunity to make a decision on my own, I'm too busy thinking what other people will exactly feel mm -hmm. because I'm just programmed, mm -hmm. been programmed to mm -hmm. obey and be obedient. Mm -hmm. And me living differently would be disobedient. Mm -hmm. And or every time uh, something's been perceived as being disobedient, it's been punished. Mm -hmm. Whether I take my emotions away from you, I make you feel bad. So I emotionally abuse you, neglect you, reject you because you're not obeying me. Mm. We don't think on the repercussions that that gives a child when mm. you are giving these subliminal messages of you need to do as I say. Don't think on your own. I'm going to think for you. So when I get older now and I have the opportunity to think on my own, I don't know how to. Exactly. And I'm bringing and transferring these in-depth toxic conditions of love, these people-pleasing traits, habits into the relationships that I'm experiencing with myself, mm. with my friends, with my love relationships, with my colleagues. Mm. I was a great worker because I was a great people pleaser. <laughs> I did what my boss said. To do. You just didn't please yourself. <laughs> I didn't please myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, can you work this overtime? No, I don't want to. But yeah, I guess so. Uh -huh. You know. Yeah. And 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 you start. So, um, yeah. So I, I reflect, and now I'm 37. And I could sit here and say, I stand solid on my truth. Mm. You know, I got a, I got a tattoo on my back of this big cross that says blessed life. And I got that, I got that tattoo because if I'm going to fall on my back, I know I'm blessed. <laughs> when you bury me on my back, it's because I live the blessed life. Mm. If you're going to crucify me, it'll be because I'm blessed. That's the cross I choose to carry every day. So when I walk on my two feet and I stand strong and I navigate this world of uniqueness, of uh, difference, of change, of whatever, mm -hmm. I'm walking it with the cross of a blessed life because that's the cross I'm going to carry. And you could crucify me all day to it. I'll die on that cross. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm out with. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing that that rises up to the top for me is that that internal knowing that you never allowed any of the people pleasing to shut down forever. You navigated it, you lived with it, but you never dis extinguished it. And even though you people pleased and you played the 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 human game of fitting in, you never lost sight of it. For me, I couldn't even find it until I was 30. So, you know, that the 
the beauty for you, I think, is that you just continue to be so strong within the knowing of who you are, that when you are ready to claim it, you soared immediately because you had already primed yourself to be ready to do that. And it's important, I think, for folks who are struggling to name who they are, to 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 bring in that powerful naming of ourselves, I am. And that gives us the authentic power to do whatever we've been put on this earth to do. And I'm proud of you, really. I'm just so proud of you and so happy for you that you had that inkling all along. Although sitting here and knowing that journey, knowing how hard it is and how it whittles away at people to live in authentically, because we have to cover it up somehow, just enough to continue to swallow it and swallow it and swallow it, especially when you know it's there. That's incredibly hard. I mean, and it's it's so challenging because psychologically we attach ourselves to the label. Yeah. I think the hardest thing to do is to detach. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing to do is to detach. We, I mean, if you're looking at something simple as a New Year resolution, everybody's pumped up. They have all these new things they want to experience or want to do. But the challenge is to detach from what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. which is why you find yourself relapsing or doing it for a little bit and then going back because you can't fully detach. It was, I've detached since a kid. I was a very quiet child, very observant um, because in my culture, as I like to say, cult, sure, all right? Because the first <laughs> four letters is cult. So there you go. <laughs> In my culture, Uh um, children, you speak when you're spoken to, Mm -hmm. right? And that might be the American culture or everybody's culture these days. But the children, you don't have a voice because you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And if I do give you voice, if it doesn't align with what I got going on, Uh it's ignored. So why should I live in my truth? is what you're telling me. Why should I speak mm-hmm. my truth? You're just going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Or so challenge now, it and shut it down. Or challenge it and shut it down. Mm-hmm. And it, it cracks me up when people say stranger danger because mm-hmm. it's the familiar faces that created my traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. I then experienced my first abuse physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, from a stranger, it was from a familiar face, aka mm-hmm. a family member, right? Somebody that I was familiar with. Mm-hmm. And because it was ignored, or because I felt it would be ignored, um, I didn't give voice to it. I suppressed it. I held on to that. Mm-hmm. Because nobody asked. And if, if you're telling me that a child is not to be spoken unless spoken to, then I'm going to suppress it. I'm going to do something else with it. I'm going to have to detach some way, cope, instead of heal through the pain. Right. So this is where you suffer in silence. And everybody thinks that you're weird, but nobody's asking why. Nobody's inquiring they just see and 
I think that happens a lot with parents or family. You see a unique child or you see a unique individual and you judge it. Mm-hmm. And when you judge it, you make that person feel ashamed mm-hmm. of something that they have no control over. Mm-hmm. I was watching the cartoon the other day. I love cartoons. Disney's uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And the master made the hunchback feel ashamed of something he had no control over, his right. appearance. Mm-hmm. His appearance. And he confined and imprisoned the hunchback because of how his appearance would reflect the master's image. So mm-hmm. he took it away. So when we look at that and we're gay with God, right? And we're mm-hmm. living this colorful life, as I like to say, we're, we're isolated, we're neglected from certain families, we're mm-hmm. judged, we're confined, we're imprisoned, because your truths will make me appear some way. So I don't even want to be associated with it, right. is what happens in some of these households. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, the the parent or the family members aren't worried about how their neglect and rejection is going to affect you. Mm-hmm. They're just focused on how it looks and appears in their world, mm-hmm. how the world will see them because you have uh, a unique child, because you have somebody who's different. Mm-hmm. I can't blend in no more with society. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're a square and, and fitting in society's circle hurts, how do you, what would you do? Well, and I think that is the conundrum because we want to be all that we can be as soon as we recognize who that is. And yet we are powerless as children to make those decisions for ourselves, unless you have a very progressive, open and loving family, which I know that I've heard that it's out there. (laughs) There may be one, (laughs) but everybody comes from their own, their own family. And we replicate that and we replicate that because we know nothing other than what we've been taught unless we learn from someone else who has a different voice. And so as children, always until it isn't, we are going to replicate our family system unless we have that chutzpah inside of ourselves. And you had it. And you were able to hang on to it all the way through your childhood until you were able to be powerful within yourself and no one could shut you down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's remarkable that you held on to it. And I think it's remarkable that not only did you hold on to it, but that when you did begin to soar, you created your own path. You didn't follow anybody else's. You have created language and experiences and the acronyms to replicate who you want to be and and then offer it to us not to not to be you but to see does this resonate with me and now how can i use this to be me so talk about that a little bit how how you really are inviting us not to be you but to be us by being in your presence does that make sense absolutely and what comes to me is the analogy i use um I am a walking mirror. So what when you see me, you see you. 
This is where you spell the word men, right? And the first two letters are M-E, which is me. One must see the me in men. And that's what I don't share my perspectives and perceptions in life with the intent to have you understand me. I speak with the intent for you to have an understanding and for you to overstand your value and worth through my experience. I don't request for you to understand me. I feel that's emotionally intelligent. I mean, emotionally unintelligent because to request somebody to leave their primal position in their truth to stand under yours for an ounce of a second, it's too much. Mm-hmm. It's selfish. So as a thought leader, as an individual of truth, when I say I must, I seek the truth, I speak the truth, and I am a servant of my truth. When I speak the truth, I'm speaking my truth to empower you to speak yours. Mm-hmm. And because that's freedom, that's free will. When you tell me I was created from the creator and the creator gave me free will, (laughs) then I want to exercise that will to be free. Mm -hmm. So as a natural leader, I am not here for you to be a disciple of my truth. I am here to guide you to be a disciple of your truth. Mm Mm-hmm to explore your gifts, what are they? To ignite the genius in you so you can be omnipresent and omnipotent in your discipleship as you proclaim dominion over your life. And I feel that when you break it down with that approach, I don't have expectations. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to provide my, my service and my service is truth. That's all I can give you. This is why I use my pronouns, me, myself, and I. Because I was tired of telling his story. Mm. I was tired of telling her story. I was tired of their stories (laughs) regarding me. Mm -hmm. All I could tell you is my story. All I can bring is me. And I'm not trying to be him, her, them. I am on a life's journey of exploring and being me. So when I see people, I'm going to mirror where you are. When you hear me talk right now, and some people may be profound by what I say, know that my voice is talking to that voice that's in you. Mm -hmm. There's something profound in you that you need to speak. Yes, we are. Yes, we have a generation. We have family, right? A family heritage. Genetics is information, hereditary information. When you look up the word, passed down from parent to offspring. It's hereditary information. The word information, it is something put in you to form you. So when you are told you're a girl, when you're told you're a boy, this is forming you from the inside out. It eliminates your ability to think. Mm. And when you change the information, then you change the conversation. And when you change the conversation, you change your realization, your reality. 
So it's great to know what his story is. But the thing is, what is my story? Mm-hmm. When you take that wand that they call a pen and you put it to paper and you speak your truth. So I empower everybody to do that because I had to do that. I It, it came to a point in life where I was so quiet as a child, I would never thought I would be my purpose would require communication of any nature (laughs) (laughs) you know let alone be great at it it's just like really you know but if we look at all of our inner childs if anybody you will see how much information you suppressed how much truth you have not given life to Mm -hmm. i i when i introduce myself on my platforms I tell people I am the voice with two E's of enlightenment. And I had somebody ask me, well, are you the people's enlightenment? And I said, no, I'm not the people's enlightenment. I am the voice of enlightenment because when I speak, I enlighten the people. There's a difference. I don't want to be the people's enlightenment. That that sounds codependent to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be... Um, your enlightenment, if you will, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. I want you to be enlightened so you can be your voice of enlightenment. Right. <laughs> I seek and speak the truth so I can activate you to seek your truth and speak right. your truth. Right. And have the audacity to do such. Do you have the audacity to live up to God's capacity? Mm-hmm. And what's God's capacity for you? Mm-hmm. Is it what he said, what she said, and what they're talking about? Or do you have the audacity to define it yourself? Do you have the audacity to sit in solitude and create like our creator mm-hmm. <laughs> the relationship you want to experience with your creator? Mm-hmm. Or is it just easy for you to, for your relationship with your creator to reflect him, hers, and theirs? And knowing me and learning me, I am learning my creator because Mm. I am activating the creator in me. God wants me to see it in me Mm -hmm. because I don't gender God. I try not to. Mm -hmm. So God wants me to see it, to see I need to see itself in me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and people are afraid of that, aren't they? They're afraid yeah. to even even get close to that, like they're getting too close to the sun, and it's going to like evaporate them or something. Mm-hmm. But I've always believed that we are co-creators because the breath of life was breathed into us, mm-hmm. which means that I can. I I have that co-creation ability in me. You know, the apostles had wonderful gifts that they were given. And I think that, and we've been told that we all have gifts. They may not be the same ones. They're not supposed to be the same ones, or we'd be spinning in a circle. But we have the gifts and and we have the ability to co-create with God. As long, I believe, as long as, as I am not, trying to co-create something to make me higher than someone. I'm just co-creating something that is going to give someone a chance to figure something out or to be their have their own inspiration, you know, get lit up. 
And when I co-create, it's all for that. It's it's to bring other people along in whatever way they're coming, you know, for themselves, for others, whatever it is. And but whenever I talk about being a co-creator, I get these looks like, oh no, you can't do that. You're not God. <laughs> well, no, but I have a piece of God in me. So <laughs> yeah, and it's unfortunate because. How can you believe in God and reject God in you? Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a double-edged, it's, it's uh, what they call a contradictory. It's, mm -hmm. it's like you're speaking in a riddle. Mm -hmm. The fact that I am telling you, when we're born, we're given our father's last name, are we mm -hmm. not? Yes. And we say our father's last name proudly, do we not? Yes. Still so have that, mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so if God created me, shouldn't I be proud mm. to say that I am God? Mm. Proud to say that you're a whatever you're like, uh, you know, a noble, mm -hmm. scholarly, or a, you're, you're proud to claim mm -hmm. your paternal name. Mm -hmm. But if God is the creator, then why do you sit here frown when I tell, when I speak mm -hmm. and say who I am, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but this is where people don't know who they are mm. and why when people who know who they are, such as you and myself and the people listening, I'm sure people fear them. People mm -hmm. fear what they don't understand. Mm -hmm. People fear the unknown, but you pray to the unknown. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, people just really crack me up. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I know, right? And, but... and, and, and you say we're mentally ill. I, yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know these days. Okay. I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, even at the age of four, I asked my grandfather, who was a minister, who made God. And his response to me was go to bed because he didn't know. <laughs> and of course he didn't know. Nobody knows. And yet, as you say, we pray to this God who's always been here, not a beginning or an end. We don't know who God's people are. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's where faith comes in. But, you know, that's that's always been one of those things that I can't explain it. I don't have to explain it. But boy, the atheist wants you to explain it. And you know, the agnostics want you to explain it. And we can't, although I believe it. Because the thing is, um, people have emotional boundary issues. Mm -hmm. You feel so strong on how you're living your life, even though it's not affecting theirs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but because they're so used to violating your personal space. Right. And because they have taken, because they have assigned your identity instead of allowing you to tell them who you are, mm -hmm. they tell you who you are, and they tell you how you're going to act, mm -hmm. okay? Because that's what happens when with assignments, great people. Assignments come with tasks and roles, and, you know, there you go. So when you embody this truth, or when you're enlightened to the truth, and then you embody it, it's profound. Mm -hmm. But... You know, what did Jesus do? People always ask, well, what would Jesus do? The same thing I'm doing right now. 
okay, saying that I am my father, I am a child of my of the creator. Mm-hmm. I am a creator. Mm-hmm. Period. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I could take your man-made name, then I could take my God name too. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem with that, then I suggest you just keep it to yourself or <laughs> you deal with it. But yeah. I'm not going to refuse or I'm not going to keep compromising to make you comfortable. That's not mm. what I'm going to Because I've been doing that since a child. Right. And that has left me wounded. Mm-hmm. And the only person left with those wounds was me mm-hmm. to heal, not you. You didn't want to mm-hmm. heal my wounds. You just wanted to create them right. and leave me with them. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why I stand here still the wounds you've inflicted. Mm-hmm. Just like how Jesus resurrected after he was crucified. Right. So I work with God. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. That's mm-hmm. the divine partnership. Mm-hmm. It is me working with God. Yes, you could pray to God. That's great. I'm not knocking that. But it's different when you work with God. Mm-hmm. Because God wants you to know who you are when mm-hmm. you work with it. If I'm praying, God, please bless me with this and this, God is like, oh, Alice doesn't know. Alice is still in Wonderland. Alice doesn't <laughs> know her name. Mm-hmm. You don't know who you are. You know, when we think of Aladdin, another Disney movie here, <laughs> but when we think of the, the, the Aladdin and, and he has the genie in his hand. He has mm-hmm. the lamp. You know, I say that lamp is God. God is a creator. So God's, all God wants to do is create. It wants you to tell it what you want it to create. Mm-hmm. Tell God what you want. Mm-hmm. God gave commandments. So when you're activating the God in you, you command what you want. Mm. <laughs> Commanded. It's not disrespectful. That's why God gave you free will. Mm. That, so you can exercise your will power. So mm-hmm. you can own your God chance mind and be God fident. I tell people about these con words. I'm still learning them too, great people. <laughs> but con means to go against in the English language. Mm-hmm. So when you're conversing and it leads to a disagreement, we know why. When you're conflicted, we know why. When you are confident, you know why it's not consistent. You want to know why you're not consistent? Because sometimes that consistency can go against you. You can go against the repetition that's required. Mm-hmm. Your conscience, when your conscience, your mind can go against you. God is objective. It's not subjective. That's why when Jafar had the lamp, Jafar was creating whatever it was creating, mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. But when Aladdin had it, it was creating other things. Mm-hmm. So when you speak to God, know who you are. And if you don't know and you need help, say, God, enlighten me. Mm-hmm. Guide me to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's the me and the myself that creates the I am, Mm. which is why Jesus had his 40 days and 40 nights. 
the me was with myself. That's why he was able to serve in his I am. Mm -hmm. When you're in solitude, there's power in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that solidity, solitude, the key word is solid. Okay. When you're mm -hmm. by myself, when I'm by myself, when me is with myself, I can do the impossible if I'm intentionally going within. Mm -hmm. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, great people. Oh, no. It doesn't. Because you have to learn what is true to you, what was told to you. You have to remove the teachings that you've held on to for decades of your life, wherever you are in the process. Mm -hmm. You were married to that. You have mm -hmm. to divorce it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you, you have to divorce you. You, know? you have to divorce certain aspects of yourself, you know, and it's just like, wow, I got to let this part go. And then you find yourself scared of you because this new you is here. Yeah, right, right. You know? Well, and I've been really careful about the deconstruction process that everybody's on because I, I really believe that everything that we've been through has has wisdom in it even if it was hurtful we learned yes. from it and so as i move through my journey i'm making sure that i really evaluate what i choose to bring forward and what i choose to not bring forward i don't erase it because it's a piece of how i got to where i was but i don't activate it in the now i see it where it is and i and i name it I name it as something I'm not choosing to bring forward. And right. yeah, those things are powerful for me to be able to now pick and choose and say, I'm not afraid of it. I don't have to be afraid of it. Even if it was a wound back then, I can now claim mm -hmm. healing when it's time. And some of the wounds are still fresh. I totally agree with you. I used to do this thing for kids when I was doing therapy and we would get Play-Doh and we would roll it out and then I'd have them take a tool and for, you know, whatever abuse or whatever pain, whatever hurt they had, they would poke a hole in the, in the Play-Doh mm -hmm. and pull a piece out. And the holes that remained were the, were the wounds that they went through. Mm -hmm. And then... <laughs> They wanted to put the things back and smooth it out. And so we put them back and we'd go to smooth it out. And of course, it wasn't completely smooth. There were always, even though it was healed over a little bit, there were still these little remembrances, a little bit of this isn't right right here. You can see the line. You can see this. And I and I use that as, as a tool to say, you know, scars don't have to be fresh. They may remain but they're not going to always affect you the way it was when it was fresh and it hurt and it was painful. Now it's a memory and you have the power over the memory as to what you want to do with it now. And so when we empower ourselves to move forward from the pain and choose how to reframe it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I love that because painful experience, pain and pleasure. Mm -hmm. I do believe there's, you know, you have to go through painful experiences to enjoy the pleasure. Mm -hmm. I do not reject, I do not regret not one decision. I mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a difference when you're living a life of separation and segregation. 
versus integration. Mm. Why does my shadow and my light have to remain separated? It'll, it'll have me internally conflicted. It'll make me feel like I'm at that crossroads and I have to choose a direction. Mm -hmm. All right. Because in the Bible, what is it? You follow the path many follow, and then you follow you got the path that few follow. Mm -hmm. So as you stated earlier in the, in in our um, discussion, is that I created a path, and and yes, that's mm -hmm. I, I created my. I didn't choose either direction. Mm -hmm. I walked straight, and I created my own mm -hmm. path mm -hmm. because I knew one thing that came with that. I didn't. I knew the path that I created. Those that followed me or those that walked the path with me mm -hmm. were meant for me. Mm -hmm. They were meant for me. And so when you integrate oneself and things aren't black and white anymore, you have this, you, you, you have a, a, a gray life where it's neutral, right? Because I'm not going to deny or reject my shadow self. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. Because the shadow is used to being rejected and neglected. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shed light on that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love that. And I'm going to nurture that. And I'm going to allow my shadow self and the lessons that it's learned to protect this lighter self of me. This, mm -hmm. this, this other side of me. Mm -hmm. Where, you know... Um, the devil is now your advocate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because um, that devil energy, the devil can see through and will enlighten you about because you've walked the valley of the shadows of death. Mm -hmm. You've walked those shadows. You've seen those shadows of you. So mm -hmm. it's easy for you to see them in the men. This is where you see the me and men now because now you're a mirror. So anything projected towards you, you know where it's coming from because your shadow will tell you or the lighter part will tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that person got some more healing to do. <laughs> or it got some more it got some more uh it's it's at a phase in its life it has not overcame yet. <laughs> or that person is of my frequency where I am in my present moment. So yeah, every when painful experiences, it's like it's necessary, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I could not stand here and, sh and, and, and be so solid in my delivery, mm -hmm. be so um, true to my truth, if you will, mm -hmm. devoted mm -hmm. to my truth, if I didn't go through painful experiences. Mm -hmm. The thing is, what I realized is that I denied me before anybody did. Hmm. I said negative things about myself and had those dark thoughts and wanted to harm myself mm -hmm. before anybody else thought of it. Mm. I was um, my enemy. And when I didn't have a healthy love with myself, I saw reflected in the relationships I was experiencing, whether it was friendships, love relationships, whatever. So because I didn't love myself, I deceived myself. 
I cheated on myself. <laughs> so, yes, I'm hurt when my partners are cheating. My friends are not loyal because I wasn't loyal to me. Mm. I was cheating on me. So this is where you're that mirror and you're seeing the shadow self. Mm. So I can't play victim. <laughs> I love that. I have to I have to acknowledge what I'm doing to me first. Because mm -hmm. if I love me mm -hmm. in that healthy way, it will be easy for me to create a boundary and to not accept what I'm not giving me. But if I'm sitting there and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm calling myself all types of names or I'm saying I'm ugly or I'm looking at, I'm just finding something negative to look at. Yes, and then I'm yes. upset when I open my door and I go into society and they're looking for something negative to judge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I really going to be mad though? Mm. I have to change the relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And people rather blame, point fingers, than take accountability. Yes. Yes. I think that's where the pain is. Yes. Because when you say forgiveness, you have to really forgive you, you know. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily about you forgiving or the other person forgiving you. Because if you forgive you, you don't necessarily need the validation mm. of the forgiveness from the outside party. Mm. If you forgive yourself, I had to forgive me for not loving me in the way and putting that responsibility on someone else who probably didn't love themselves. Because if mm -hmm. I'm not loving me, my energy is attracting people who don't love themselves, which is giving me experiences I don't want. Mm -hmm. But because I became, I decided to learn from the lesson instead of repeat it. I'm now educated on how I need to elevate. Mm -hmm. I'm now enlightened and empowered to explore the ugly truths because I'm tired of living a beautiful lie. Right. And, and now I can embody my excellence and evolve in the way in which I see me. I had to forgive myself. And that's tough when you know you're one of the main abusers in your life. <laughs> Which most of us have not admitted that, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> most of us have you not have admitted to, that. You have to be aware. You have to acknowledge. You have to accept that. Right. And then it's like, okay, this is an ugly truth that I don't like. It's right. an ugly truth. It's not that you don't like it. It's just ugly. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, you know. It's not one of your feel-good moments. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's going to feel good after. <laughs> It'll feel good after. But it's pleasurable because had I not gone through the valley, mm -hmm. seen the shadows, mm -hmm. and, and saw who was really killing me, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to enjoy the light. I wouldn't be able to enjoy the strength of it all. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to ex enjoy the testimony or the, the pleasure. That's the pleasure. It's painful going to the gym lifting those weights but you can look in the mirror and see your your body the way that you wanted it to that's pleasure right. yeah so pain and pleasure is 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 is, is a union a yeah. divine union if you ask me just yeah. like the dark and the light you don't exactly separate it exactly you, you integrate it and you love on it and you find appreciation for all of it absolutely 
So I know that we are at our limit as far as what we can do together today. But mm. as I mentioned probably before that, you know, this is our get to meet you. And then at some point in the future, we're going to have a go deeper with. So I'm putting a call out to all the listeners that you've heard a lot uh, from Dr. Scholar Lee. And so Scholar Lee. And so what do you want him to go deeper in? And we can always invite you back to go a little deeper. And I'll be honored. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Great. So I appreciate you so much. Seriously, this was so much fun. And I appreciated everything that you talked about today. And I, I can see that your light shines. I can see that you are grounded in your truth and you're a truth teller. And you speak your truth to power. and that is not only great, it is also comforting to be in the presence of someone who has gone through the fire. And not that it's over, because we're always being refined, and that's okay. Um, but I can see the growth in you, and I can see where you are now, and it's good. And, and it is good. And it is good. So I want to thank you very, very much for being here today. Thank you. God is you good. You are welcome all the time. So guys, uh, let me know in the comments, private message me, however you want to let me know that, you know, Dr. Scholar needs to come back and you want this to be talked about. And it may be something that you heard here today, or it may be a topic that you believe that Dr. Scholar can bring wisdom to. Who knows what we will get into next? <laughs> so guys, also, I want you to make sure that you go to empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Find all of the links. There's tons of information. There's a lot of good things to, to find on, on the website, on not just empoweredmidge.podbean.com, but on Dr. Scholar's website. I want you to be able to access everything that's offered. And I'm telling you that the gendered podcast in the documentary you need to find that it's on there it's a it's a click thing you just click it and you go so go there and find all of that cool stuff and make sure that you pause and read through the the bio because you know there's wisdom here and there's tons of there's tons of letters <laughs> i want you to see all of them also go and check out our facebook group gay with god where we do a monthly zoom group entitled my faith journey where you can get support wherever you're at on that journey and ask any questions you want to ask and create questions we love to create our own questions when we're there so feel free to join that group and if you need support to help you through your coming out or faith journey go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com Scroll all the way down to the bottom and you can connect with me. I am also thrilled to share that I will be recording the Gay With God podcast live from Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. The Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice, art, spirituality, and community. As one of my followers, you can use the discount code A-Midge to get a $50 off the price discount for an adult weekend ticket. So for more information, visit www.wildgoosefestival.org and that will also be on the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com.
If you're listening to this podcast and you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.